pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. We used to have these uh, right off base. Any heavy-duty air station in the military has a sign warning folks about all the noise from the helicopters, from the jets. There's a new sound of freedom, and it sounds not like an airplane, but like this. I love it. I love it. These truckers are amazing, and it's catching on worldwide. They've had enough with the mandates, enough with the restrictions, enough with the paperwork. Uh, They are doing something big, bold, and beautiful in Canada. So, Sound of Freedom, you've got some company. It's not just jet noise, it's the trucks. Now let's look at the sound of uh, fascism, of uh, I don't know what this is, but it's not right. Look at how the authorities are treating this in Canada. Over the past few days, Canadians were shocked and frankly disgusted by the behavior displayed by some people protesting in our nation's capital. We've had enough. This is this is an occupation. This isn't this isn't a protest. I think we all uh, support free speech in this house, but there's a big difference between free speech and inciting hatred, inciting violence, desecrating war memorials, Mr. Speaker. And I would hope my would denounce that in the clearest terms, Mr. Speaker. This group is a threat to our democracy. What we're seeing is bigger than just a city of Ottawa problem. This is a nationwide insurrection. These people don't know what they're talking about. It's only because politically they don't like these protesters. They don't like anything about them. They don't like their working class status. They are all for COVID vaccine mandates. They love it all. So they're bad-mouthing these guys, and they're sending in the cops. I mean, take a look at these. These aren't cops. These are, I don't know, super ninja turtle warriors. I mean, look at this heavy-duty stuff that they're sending in to the truckers. Look, if you want, write them some tickets. For all I know, some of them are parked illegally. Go ahead, write them a ticket. But you're sending in the army just about. I do remember rather clearly Black Lives Matter protests all over this country and all over in Canada. They were all over the place and they were just fine. Justin Trudeau loved them, publicly embraced them. You heard about GoFundMe, right? GoFundMe, a lot of folks have used that. They turned off all the donations to the Freedom Convoy. As a result of multiple discussions with local law enforcement, the Freedom Convoy fundraiser has been removed from the GoFundMe platform. $10 million was heading their way no longer. GoFundMe, by the way, they were funding Black Lives Matter like crazy. And a quick review of just how intense Black Lives Matter got. So, uh, again, a lot of the money for this nonsense was coming from GoFundMe. Everybody seemed to like it, from Justin Trudeau to Hollywood to uh, even Mitt Romney joined the fun. How about that? Good luck to the truckers. More on them in a little bit. We're going to talk to a trucker later in the show. In the meantime, off to Russia. They are going to go. They're going to invade Ukraine. I mean, everybody seems to understand that at this point. And it's no big surprise after the weakness America has shown ever since Joe Biden got into office. Uh, It's basically up to Vladimir Putin. What happens next? 
We believe that there is a very distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. Uh, it could take a number of different forms. It could happen as soon as tomorrow, or it could take some weeks yet. I don't like being this reactive, do you? I don't like being an observer. Our nation should have influence, should be able to thwart something like this, but it's not. After Afghanistan, our prestige, our power, everyone can see it, is receding. We're not that important anymore. Well, we're important, but we're going down. We are declining. And that guy you just saw right there, I think he's responsible, in part. His name is Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor. And after the debacle we saw in Afghanistan, I think he should have been thrown out the door. Let's review his record, shall we? Uh, ooh, he went to all the right schools. Okay, that always means a lot with the Democrats. Let's see, what else did he do? Uh, ooh, all the right clerkships. Uh, how about that? Uh, law professor, okay, moving on. Did this guy do anything? Ah, political jobs going back to 2008, at least with Hillary Clinton and on and on from there. Um, look, sometimes those law degrees, those fancy undergraduate degrees from Ivy League schools, they work against you. Listen to this. As you've seen from the paper that we sent to the Russians that, that's now been published publicly, uh, that we are ready to have substantive discussions on matters of European security in the mutual interests of us, our NATO allies in Russia, and we're ready to do that at the table with the Russians if that's the choice they make. Meanwhile, <laughs> this seems to be the choice that Russia has made. Uh, and we are just along for the ride. We're just watching it all. As uh, Marco Rubio actually once say, Biden's picks all went to Ivy League schools. They have strong resumes. They attended the right conferences and will be polite and orderly caretakers of America's decline. I don't like that, but he's right. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, look, Jake may have given the right advice to uh, Biden along the way, but I think this is kind of on him. He's given the right advice before and has been blown off. He actually told Hillary Clinton, you gotta go to Wisconsin. He was the only one in Clinton's inner circle who kept saying she would likely lose and said, you've gotta get up to uh, Wisconsin. You gotta go to those Midwestern swing states or we're going to lose this thing. And that brings it back to Jake. You could say, well, he was right. Yeah, but nobody's listening to him, all right? And that's the problem. What would Donald Trump do? This is really easy. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You might be the smartest guy in the world, but if you can't command attention, if you can't get, and sometimes it's an animalistic thing, how tall you are, how skinny you are. I don't know what's going on with Jake, but it's not working out. In the meantime, it's not going to work out for Mike Pence and Donald Trump. We all know that uh, uh, Mike Pence is uh, on Donald Trump's list of wrongdoers. And quite frankly, mine too. This was way out of line, and I think he's wrong on the facts. Take a look. And I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. 
we know the presidency is for the American people and they choose. That's the whole point. We had deep concerns that they were cut off, that they did not have their votes honored. And that's where you come into play. Under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, we believe, now you could have a discussion about this, but we believe that you had the authority, Mr. Vice President, to send some of the electoral votes back to these state capitals where they could investigate, settle our concerns about voter fraud, about voter irregularities that you said you had yourself. I know we all we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. Now, when he said that, I remember at the time thinking, yeah, no, the day, it's going to take longer than a day. And that was code for me. He was just going to go through the ceremonial motions of it all. And that's, that's what he did. As the problems were breaking out outside, that was... That was a double disappointment for me. We didn't like the scene. We didn't like the way it looked. But also that meant that we were not going to get the full discussion we wanted. It was cut short. Why was it cut short? You know, now the elections in the past, January 6th, they keep bringing it up. What they need to focus on again, the behavior of the Capitol Hill police, the decisions they made like this cop directing crowds onto the steps. There's that. How about the cops? We've gone over this before, who just stood by as people came into the Capitol. Why did they just stand there? What was happening? Who gave them their orders? And when those three officers just walked off the job for a coffee break 30 seconds before Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed, why doesn't Vice President Pence use whatever prestige he has left to investigate these questions, huh? In the end, Joe Biden was sworn in. And I do believe that lies were lost, have been lost as a result of his presidency. It's, it's all there, actually. It's all documented. There have been more police officers shot and killed in the line of duty uh, in 2021 than ever before. The deadliest year in law enforcement history was Joe Biden's first on the job. How about COVID deaths? So many more COVID deaths under the Biden uh, presidency than Donald Trump. And suddenly Joe doesn't seem particularly concerned about those deaths. You know, we're right at the mark, a major milestone, 900,000 deaths. I haven't heard much from the White House, have you? But every other major milestone, every other milestone, they said something usually in dramatic fashion. This is uh, 100,000 deaths back when Joe was running for president. My fellow Americans, there are moments in our history so grim, so heartrending that they're forever fixed in each of our hearts, a shared grief. Wow, that's heavy stuff. What happened at 200,000? We are under attack, as I said earlier. 200,000 plus have died, 50,000 a day are getting the virus, 1,000 a day thereabouts are dying. This is a national emergency. Uh, That's intense. That's intense. Okay, 300,000 deaths. Today, our nation passed a grim milestone. 
300,000 deaths to do this COVID virus. My heart goes out to each of you in this dark winter of the pandemic. Okay. 400,000 deaths. Between sundown and dusk, let us shine the lights in the darkness along the sacred pool of reflection. Remember all whom we lost. Poetic. 500,000 deaths. That's more Americans who have died in one year in this pandemic than in World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam War combined. See that? And I think one candle for each death. All right, this is just one month into Joe's presidency, about a year ago. So what happens after this? Well, <laughs> Joe realizes how much Donald Trump actually did and was doing. And he comes to terms, I believe, with his own limitations and his own lack of options and his total commitment to Fauci. So as the deaths continue, even accelerate, what happens to these beautiful ceremonies and these amazing words? They go away. 600,000 deaths. What did Joe do? He put out a tweet. I know that black hole that seems to consume you, but a time will come when their memory brings a smile to your lips. You see, he's talking about himself in that, right? 700,000 deaths. We must not become numb to the sorrow. Again, just a paper statement. No ceremony, no candles, no music. All right. And 800,000, which was just about two months ago, I think. 800,000. How did we commemorate 800,000 lives lost to COVID? Can you believe it? Career politician, the phoniest of them all. Wow. And now it's 900,000. This weekend we hit 900,000. Again, just a little statement. 900,000 American lives have been lost to COVID. Each soul is irreplaceable. But I guess, in a way, not that noteworthy, right? Joe has totally changed his tune. Look at that. 400,000 deaths. 900,000. See the difference? It's amazing. They're so terrible. Terrible. When we come back, indoctrinating kids as young as three in Black Lives Matter nonsense. Shocking video when we come back. Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more and start listening today. All, All I, can I can say is, is that, that the, the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? they and the fake news, they love Black Lives Matter. They always have, right? I mean, wow, it's so cool. It's so hip. 
it's really socialist and anti-family too. So it's not cool, it's not hip, it's bad. Uh, but so many people through ignorance or laziness have just bought the hype. It's affecting our children. It has been affecting our children, but I was still surprised to see this at a private school in Washington, D.C. So this is a kindergarten class down there for an event associated with their Black Lives Matter Action Week. Uh, pin the tail on the donkey, Plato, Sesame Street. I think that's more appropriate at this stage in the game, don't you? We gotta be on guard for this kind of nonsense. All right, also we wanna show you this uh, from Virginia. Glenn Youngkin is the new governor, he's doing great. Uh, public is giving it to him every now and then. He went to a grocery store in Alexandria, Virginia where masks are optional and he got this treatment. Hey, the woman uh, with the bandana, she's right. You can, the governor, you can say stuff and you can't run for governor if you don't want to hear stuff. And some of it may not be nice, but again, he was within regulations. Masks were optional. Whereas Stacey Abrams, who's not a governor, uh, ran for governor and lost and won't let anybody forget about it. Uh, wore a mask with kids at a reading event, uh, whatever. And you can see she's not wearing a mask. All the kids are forced to wear a mask. That is disgusting, by the way. And so is this. When she hid behind, um, I guess, what, Black History Month. It is shameful that our opponents are using a Black History Month reading event for Georgia children as the impetus for a false political attack, I think it's pretty shameful that she's using Black History Month and children hiding behind them as she got caught in an obvious mask snafu of uh, pretty epic proportions. By the way, do you remember this on January 6th? Uh, no one was going to hang Mike Pence. You couldn't hang a squirrel on that setup. It wasn't literal. It was symbolic. People were frustrated. It was... It was what it was. <laughs> they weren't out to assassinate Mike Pence, but the fake news, they want you to believe that. Do they know better? They should know better. Donald Trump knows better. He spoke to a fake news guy by the name of Jeremy Peters from the New York Times. He was asked about the danger to Mike Pence on January 6th. Did it bother you to hear them say that they wanted to kill Mike Pence? Yeah, I, I don't. I, yes, it did bother me. I didn't like it. Uh, I think it was an expression. I don't think they would have ever thought of doing it. Uh, I also uh, think that there was an infiltration with some very bad people in there. It was, it was an infiltration. So uh, I just heard what he said. You heard what he said. Let's hear how the interviewer characterizes it to everybody who's watching. We've seen all of this. He didn't like it, Donald Trump said. Did they really mean it? No, I don't think they meant it either. Do you? Anyway, what happens on uh, Morning Joe on MSNBC next? 
as we heard, kind of this, this astonishing disconnect with reality in the president's head about what the rioters intended to do. Here they were saying, hang Mike Pence. And President Trump tells me, oh, they didn't really mean it. This is just like a figure of speech. It was an expression. An astonishing disconnect. Well, I think he's got the astonishing disconnect, all right? Because the president's tone wasn't like that. These guys do that all the time. They take a quote and then they, they misrepresent it. Uh, it's very easy to do in print, harder to do on television. That's why I believe that television is actually more honest when it comes to political news and political reporting. We all heard it. We all just heard him mischaracterize it. And speaking of mischaracterizing things, Chris Christie back in the picture, I am not a fan. Uh, listen to what he said on the fake news yesterday. Let's face it, let's call this what it is. January 6th was a riot that was incited by Donald Trump uh, in an effort to intimidate Mike Pence and the Congress into doing exactly what he said in his own words last week, overturn the election. Donald Trump did not incite a riot. How about this Chris Christie, huh? He's still mad because he wasn't made vice president or given a big cabinet job. And by the way, Chris Christie was in the picture until recently. He actually helped Donald Trump get ready for the 2020 debates. Can you believe that? So what are they talking about? There's this uh, resolution that was passed by the Republican National Committee. Uh, the critical part here is, they look, it's condemning Kinzinger and, and Liz Cheney. Representatives Cheney and Kinzinger are participating in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. And by the way, that is true. That is true. Now, everyone in the fake news, oh, wait, legitimate political discourse. January 6th, they were trying to, it was a coup. There were a lot of legitimate things that happened on January 6th. President Trump's speech, when he clearly said, we want to march patriotically and peacefully to the Capitol. Ashley Babbitt, by the way, was doing just that, marching peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. Yet Adam Kinzinger and his friends, um, this resolution. Did anybody at work today mention this resolution to you, right? Have you heard about the resolution? Do you know? Is it an outrage? This is what Kinzinger wants every Republican in the country to be asked about, this. I think every member of the media, every citizen, every person out there needs to pin down every Republican and say, do you side with what the RNC did or do you condemn what they did? And don't let them, trust me, politicians are really good at kind of skirting around that answer. Don't let them on this one. I think it's so defining. Well, I'm not a politician, but I uh, applaud what the RNC did. And I condemn what Adam Kinzinger continues to do. Lie, deceive all the time. Here's some proof. For hours we were sitting there the president didn't say a word. The president of the United States who runs the military, the commander in chief, if he says a word, things happen. To me, that was beyond the pale. Beyond the pale. I never really understood that beyond the pale. Uh, what that's, I don't like that phrase. So he's saying that President Trump should have been calling off the mob. Uh, president Trump put out statement after statement, uh, tweet after tweet, all afternoon long. And they still, they're lying about this. They are lying. Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. 
The president could have at any moment walked those very few steps into the briefing room, gone on live television, and told his supporters who were assaulting the Capitol to stop. He could have told them to stand down. He could have told them to go home. Uh, and he failed to do so. Uh, it's hard to imagine a more significant and more serious dereliction of duty uh, than that. He didn't go into the briefing room. He went into the Rose Garden. What's the difference? It is amazing. Sometimes I wonder if they're lying to themselves. Are they consciously lying? Uh, do they not bother to look at this stuff? Because the January 6th committee, they're not really making a serious inquiry into the facts that matter uh, that day. All right. I want to switch to a local issue that I am very passionate about. It's New York City. This is my home. This is where I'm raising my family, my wife and I, and we're we're in trouble right now, New York, because this guy is the mayor. He has no business being the mayor. I knew he was a bum. I've been watching him for decades. The press gave him a big pass, quite frankly, because he's black. And right now, and during the campaign, it wasn't cool, it wasn't even wise to challenge a black man running for public office about the issues, about his background, about his lack of integrity. But now that he's safely in, now they feel like it's okay to raise some questions, politely, of course. This is racist, and this is idiocy. Take a look. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he keeps one of the blacks in law enforcement. It's so interesting, I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, Negro, you run. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to play this game. We're going to take the 30% off the top. Y'all have your 70%. The 30% is going to go straight to the women in minority-owned business. All right. A lot to unpack there. First, he likes to smoke weed. I guess that's okay. He's calling black people Negroes. I don't think that's uh, white people, crackers. This is horrific stuff. And then he seems to be talking about a corrupt scheme at the end, one third off the top. So he apologized, but then he admitted something. Definitely apologize. Inappropriate, inappropriate comments should not have been used. My fight, you know, my fight in the police department was fighting racism throughout my entire journey. And I was serious about fighting against that. And that is what it was attached to the question uh, that was asked and that you got my response based on what that question was. All right. So somebody in the audience used the word cracker. So he used it as well. Is that is that what he's saying? Would that apply with the N word? I wonder. Interesting. He was a cop. Did you hear why he joined the police department? Not to serve the community, not to fight crime, but to fight racism. Let me tell you a little bit about the NYPD. Fully integrated. I mean, this is a department that had uh, diverse leadership, diverse rank and file, diverse heroes from all walks of life. This guy was like an Al Sharpton uh, wannabe who came into the police department not to do any work, just to be, according to his own uh, biography, he just wanted to aggravate people. Well, he did, but he scammed his way into City Hall. Pretty amazing. And speaking of scammers, remember this guy? It is improper for the president of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen 
and a political opponent. When I reported my concerns on July 10th relating to Ambassador Sondland, and then July 25th relating to the President, I did so out of a sense of duty. When I reported my concerns, my only thought was to act properly and to carry out my duty. All right. Uh, so this guy blew up the Trump administration. All right. A phony, phony impeachment. He had all kinds of backing. The first guy he went to allegedly was his brother. His twin brother was working in the White House at the same time. Um, I know people who know this guy and they had real concerns about what was going on in his brain. Now, I don't know Mr. Morrison, but Mr. Morrison was his supervisor at the National Security Council. And uh, this is what he had to say. He he didn't want to go there, but they got it out of him. Take a look. When you took over the portfolio uh, for Dr. Hill, July 15th, uh, you were alerted to potential issues in Colonel Vindman's judgment? Yes. Um, did, did she relay anything specific to specifically to you? Why she thought that? Not, not as such. It was more of an overarching statement from her and um, her deputy, who became my deputy, that um, they had concerns about judgment. Okay. Um, did, did any other NSC personnel raise concerns with you about Mr. Vindman? Yes. There are all kinds of concerns. This guy did not know his place. He thought that somehow he was president of the United States. It's very, very strange. Very few people in the fake news feel comfortable taking on a guy like Vinman. After all, he's a lieutenant colonel in the army. Oh, my. He's been to Iraq. What can we say about that? Well, I can call him a dork. And I did on Twitter over the weekend. Now, quite frankly, was this my greatest work? No. But uh, whatever. Anyway. Guess who, guess who was insulted? The Vinman boys. Uh, yeah, I said he should go to prison and be locked up. Oh, and I also took a shot at the brother, Eugene. Uh, I called him duplicitous and uh, I, yeah. All right, so uh, they read this on Twitter and they go nuts. Uh, let's start. Uh, they start firing back big time. This is from the brother. Warning me, Lieutenant Colonel Kelly, see Article 89 of the UCMJ, disrespect toward a superior officer. Let's see what the Marine Corps has to say. And then, yeah, Alexander Vindman, he retweets this. He's trying to turn me into the commandant of the Marine Corps, to the Marine Corps Times, to anybody who will listen. So this guy thinks he can blow up the Trump administration and not receive any black backlash, huh? Right? They're trying to go to the cops, the Marine Corps cops on me. By the way, if you don't know, I was in the Marine Corps for nine years. I was in the Marine Corps Reserve for about a dozen years after that. Um, by the way, I know the regulations. I also know the Constitution, and I am free, and so are you, to say whatever you want about these guys, who, by the way, I really believe they're traitors. And one day, one day, they just might be held accountable. You hear that, Alex? And make sure you duplicitous brother Eugene hears that as well. All right, we'll be right back with important information about the election. So 
We have to know more about the election. We have to study it, the November 20 election. Yes, we do, and what happened before, what happened after. It's our responsibility. Yeah, they tried to scare a lot of people off, and they did scare a lot of people off with January 6th. But no, uh, we all have a duty to know everything that happened. I highly recommend the book that I am reading right now. It is called Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections by Molly Hemingway. It is amazing so far. I just started it. She writes, if you believe things went terribly wrong in the 2020 election, well, you're not crazy and you're not alone. And I don't think you're wrong. Now, look, um, one thing that I hadn't considered too much, polls. I've looked at every aspect, but what about the polls? You know, there were so many polls that said Joe Biden was going to run away with this thing. Do you remember? Take Wisconsin. Remember what they were saying about Wisconsin? This stuff. In the state of Wisconsin, this poll now shows Joe Biden with a 17-point lead. That is statistically significant, to say the least. A 17-point head-to-head lead in Wisconsin. That's just a stunning number. A whopping 17-point lead in Wisconsin. We're seeing some eyebrow-raising numbers. One this week in Wisconsin, a 17-point lead for the Democratic candidate Joe Biden. Now, if you live in Wisconsin or anywhere else where there's a poll showing one guy's going to win and there's no chance for the other one, that helps people stay home, also known as voter suppression. So what really happened in Wisconsin? And they were hammering that. How about that? Very, very close. Very close. And I'd actually like to know what really happened. I'm not convinced. I'm not. So when they say this, just remember who's really lying and misleading the American people. They have some nerve to go out there and self-righteously bang their chests after Russia, after the impeachment, and after that poll. Trump's continued push of the big lie has fueled a wave of Republicans now running to replace key election officials. The Republican Party seems to totally embrace the big lie. The former vice president of the United States absolutely called out the big lie, said it wasn't true. They confirmed Biden as the winner. But former President Trump has continued to spread his big lie. Just because you call it a big lie uh, doesn't make it a lie. And I think they're the ones who are lying. And ultimately, they will be revealed. We have to stay on this. Again, I recommend the book and whatever else you can get your hands on. And I'd like to know more about General Milley's role in all this, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. There is something very suspicious going on in this moment and others. This is in the middle of 20. He's apologized for appearing with President Trump. And then why did he apologize? Because he didn't want to be involved in partisan politics. But listen to this. Right after he apologizes, he weighs in on every hot button partisan issue of the moment. I am outraged by the senseless and brutal killing of George Floyd. What we are seeing is the long shadow of our original sin in Jamestown 401 years ago. We are still struggling with racism, and we have much work to do. Unspoken and unconscious bias have no place in America, and they have no place in our armed forces. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. We must ensure fairness and equity at all key gateway selection boards including promotion, command, and work call. Be inclusive. Make a commitment to seek out and surround yourself with those who don't look like you. Sounds like he's running for mayor of Chicago. Uh, All that democratic talking points, quite frankly. 
And that last thing about what people look like, that the military would be concerned about what you look like, that's really a bad message. Having served myself, it's the last thing they should be worried about. Everybody, one team, the same uniform. That's what defined my military service. All right, now we gotta go back to the White House. You see the guy on the left, his name is Dr. Eric Lander. There he is again. He is the head of the science office, has a pretty big staff, and apparently as a boss, he's a real jerk. Uh, take a look, all kinds of complaints. Numerous women have been left in tears, traumatized and feeling vulnerable and isolated. Apparently he's really mean. He berates people, he makes fun of them, and uh, not a nice guy to be around. So. In this day and age, you get fired for that kind of stuff, right? And especially after Joe Biden said, basically his first day in office, what's gonna happen to anybody who gets out of line, who treats anybody you know, poorly? Listen to what Joe said. But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot on the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Everybody, everybody is entitled to be treated with decency and dignity. Everybody, damn it. Treat them with dignity and respect. This is a problematic statement when he made it, but uh, hey, that's pretty direct, right? And now we got a guy who's making the women cry and run out of the office and quit and all kinds of horrible problems. So he's gone, right? <laughs> no. Uh, here's, here's the Biden administration explaining it all away. Why is he not being fired? Well, Matt, let me first say that no one is suggesting that this behavior is acceptable. Quite the opposite. I think you may have also seen, or it was reported, um, that he also sent a note uh, to his staff uh, conveying uh, his commitment to abiding by that. And we certainly hope that that is the case. Uh, I can see if there's more specific details. I certainly understand why you're asking. What is the White House's message to people that work in this building and throughout the federal government that took the president at his word and don't understand why Dr. Lander has not been fired? Our message, and thank you for your question, is that um, the president has crystal clear um, expectations with all of us. <laughs> okay, talk about spin, huh? I thought this was pretty, pretty crystal clear, wasn't it? I promise you I will fire you on the spot. On the spot. With certain exceptions, big exceptions, like his doctor friend. Oh, well. Hey, when we come back, we're going to meet one of those truckers again, uh, direct from his truck up there. I call these guys, they're like freedom fighters. They're patriots. They're awesome. Why is the Canadian government go fund me hassling these guys? We'll be right back. I love it. It's the sound of freedom. That uh, great big trucker protest in Ottawa, Canada and beyond. We're joined now by Gord Voth. He's one of the uh, drivers up there. He's uh, joining us right now from his rig. Hey, Gord, welcome to Newsmax. How's it going up there, man? Uh, it's amazing, actually. It's quite the, quite the thing to be involved in here right now. But uh, this, this city's been amazing with all our the people and all this stuff. It's been amazing. But we got some technical difficulties with our the mayor of Ottawa here, but we're dealing with it. 
So uh, we've heard about the difficulties. They seem to be hassling you. They dispatched a bunch of cops wearing heavy gear. Um, what are they telling you? What are you guys doing wrong, according to the mayor of Ottawa? Uh, they said we've been violent. Uh, they said we had some uh, racial flags and stuff like this. But that video you're showing there right now is basically a scare tactic for them to take our fuel away from our base camp there where we're feeding and, and, and getting fuel to all the trucks and stuff like that. But they're, they're scrambling. We've done nothing wrong. It's been a peaceful protest. Any of the violence, anything that you're hearing on the mainstream media, from our mainstream media, is this all propaganda? Because like, there has been no violence. You talk to police officers on the ground, it's a different story. Yeah, no, that's why we check in with you. And I've been looking at the video very carefully. I don't see what they're talking about. So, um, hey, let me ask you this, though. The horns. Is there a, 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 a schedule? When do you blow the horns? I mean, it's not all day and night, is it? <laughs> uh, during the week, we were doing it every half hour. Uh, then on the weekends, there were so many people here. It was just like a free-for-all. But we had an arrangement at 8 o'clock. We shut our horns off like on all the residential areas. I know on the main street by Wellington in front of the parliament buildings, those guys, there was a party. It's a whole different area. And they were going all the town. And just as of today, the mayor of Ottawa got a judge to sign an injunction that any horn blowing, they, they were given the right to not just ticket you, but actually arrest you. So we've all gone silent on the horns until they figure this out. That sounds, first of all, it sounds very courteous the way you were working it out. I mean, really, shutting them down at 8 o'clock, and that's, uh, that's very decent of you. Uh, look, what's going to happen now? I know they shut off your funding from GoFundMe. I only have a few seconds left. How much longer do you anticipate being there? Uh, when will you go home? We'll go home when they drop all the mandates so we get our freedom back. This is None of us are leaving. We'll get our fuel. We've got another uh, funding account set up already. None of us are leaving until we settle this. And we're finally getting a federal negotiator supposedly coming to talk with us tomorrow. Gordon. Not even our prime minister, our federal negotiator. A federal negotiator tomorrow morning. Gord Voth, do me a favor. Hang in there. I know you will. Uh, we oh. admire you, and it's amazing, and you've got support all over the world. Thank you, sir, and all the best. I appreciate this. Thank you. You bet. To be continued. And we'll be right back. All right. So Justin Trudeau, could it be that Fidel Castro is his father? People have been speculating about this for a long time. So they say it's been debunked, but... Uh, Justin's parents were good friends with uh, Fidel, and there is a resemblance. So uh, who knows for sure, but I think it's interesting. Uh, we have one more thing to say. Stay with us. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Well, I'm sorry we're out of time. A lot of fun. Interesting show. See you tomorrow. Stinchfield's next.